morning, church. Um, so great to be here this morning, sharing with you and speaking with you. And I just first of all want to say, wow, um, what a fabulous word and sermon from Renee last week. Thank you so much. Um, I was really blessed by her wisdom as a psychologist, but also the spiritual lens that she brought to, I think, important issues that are so deeply relevant right now in this season we're in. So if you didn't catch the sermon last week, please go back and listen to it. You, you might not know, but we have a podcast channel on Spotify, so you can just listen to the sermon there or even on our website. So please have a listen. You will be so blessed. Um, oh, what has lockdown been for us like? Well, some days we find our groove and I think we're nailing it. And then the next day it can be a complete debacle and catastrophe and I get completely humbled. Um, there are days I sit in the backyard and I hear the breeze through the leaves and my feet are in the grass and I feel really connected. And then the next moment I can be in the kitchen cooking, kids squealing around my legs, my furniture turned into cubbies as high as the ceiling, a to-do list that never ends and I feel so utterly disconnected. Um, lockdown, I think it's felt like swimming at times, floating and sinking, and sometimes all three at once. I don't know about you, but look, if I'm gonna be honest, it got to Thursday of this week and I still had nothing to preach on um, for this Sunday, and I think I was stressing my husband out a little bit, and I was praying and I was just getting nowhere. And then I got a text from Joey, and that said, hey Tor, I'm on worship this Sunday, and I think you're speaking. Any tips on where you're going? Just doing songs. Thanks, bless you. I looked at his text. I was like, um, I've been looking at the computer screen for an hour, Joey, and I've got nothing. If Holy Spirit speaks to you, if you could just pass on the theme to me, that'd be great. And then I put in lots of laughing emojis. So at that moment, I got up from my desk, went back to the bedroom, got on my knees, and just began praying again. And I just said, God, I feel such a muddle. I don't know what you want me to speak on. Lord, just tell me, what do you want me to say? Um, I need some divine inspiration. I need to hear your voice right now. And then all of a sudden, I just had this vivid picture of that description we see in the book of Revelation of Jesus Christ. And I love that passage. So I was a bit like, hmm, maybe this is just me, because I love this. I've never preached on it, but I do read that a lot at our worship nights. And then I just started having all these amazing thoughts about the passage. So I went back to my desk and thought, I'll just start there, I'll read that. Only to get back to my desk and see a second message from Joey. So I picked it up and read it, and it said, um, in the midst of some other nice things, it said, I've been blown away by Jesus in the first few chapters of Revelation recently, um, if that helps. And I just thought, okay, God, I think you're wanting something to happen here. You're wanting us to share something about this revelation of Jesus. So that is why I'm speaking on it today. And I hope it blesses you. It has actually really blessed me to dive into this passage in a bit more depth over these last few days. And the more I began to pray and read this passage, the reason I feel God is drawing us to this this morning is a few reasons. I do think he wants us to keep our perspective in this hour and our gaze set upon Jesus. No matter what circumstance we're surrounded by, to keep our focus and gaze coming back to Jesus Christ. Um, I also think he's wanting to give re fresh revelation of the majestic glory of Jesus Christ. And may we find that here in this text this morning. 
And from that place, I know that we will be continually transformed under his likeness, that our lives get pulled back into alignment. Look, I'm not sure quite where that cut out, but I'm going to start from diving straight into the book of Revelation. Um, my first question to all was, what are the first five words of the book of Revelation? And this is so key. I did an internship with Patricia Bootsma, an incredibly prophetic woman, for a year, and she would travel, and I would travel with her, and she would teach a lot on this book of Revelation. And this is a question she used to ask, and I think it's brilliant. The first five words of the book of Revelation are the revelation of Jesus Christ. The revelation of Jesus Christ. This is all about Jesus Christ. So let me give you some context to this book. John wrote his letter to the churches of the day to encourage them in the hope of the coming Christ and to challenge them to ongoing faithfulness in the meantime. Something that is for us today as well. John wrote the book of Revelation while exiled on the island of Patmos, where he was given this vision of the return of Christ. And his vision is vivid, it's beautiful, it's wild. But let me emphasize this. John's prophecy is primarily the revelation of Jesus Christ, not primarily the revelation of future events. Yes, it is full of future prophecy, but its primary focus is Jesus Christ. Through symbolic imagery, John captures the climatic stages of God's redemptive plan to restore his kingdom on earth and rule and reign with his people forever. But we cannot and must not divorce the person from the prophecy. For without the person, there can be no fulfillment of the prophecy. Is that better? The boys are doing a lot of tweaking. Woo! They're turning sideways. I hope that's working for everyone. Dr. Mamotani said, Jesus is not incidental to the action. He is its chief subject. So let us have the revelation frame so. And with that in mind, let me start by giving you a brief rundown of some of the ways Jesus is revealed throughout this book as a whole. Revelation 1 to 3, Christ is the exalted priest and king ministering to the churches. Revelation 4 to 5, he is seen in heaven as the glorified Lamb of God reigning on the throne. Revelation 6 to 18, Christ is the judge of all the earth. And Revelation 19, he returns to earth as the conquering king of kings. And the book closes with a heavenly bridegroom, a description for Christ, ushering his bride, which is symbolic of the church, into the glorious heavenly city. It's extraordinary and beautiful and amazing. If this book does anything, it should draw you closer to the revelation of Jesus Christ. I just want to also, I think it's important to give a side note here, that if you're considering studying this book further, I'm going to be honest and say that it can get pretty confusing. Can I encourage you, first and foremost, let scripture interpret scripture. Some symbols in the book of Revelation explain for us, like the seven stars that Jesus is holding in his hand in the picture of Luther. 
is a crown of glory. It is gained in a righteous life. And Daniel, who gives a prophetic word hundreds of years before John receives this revelation, says this in Daniel 7 9. As I looked, thrones were placed, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was white as snow, and the hair of his head like pure wool. These are all symbols of glory, wisdom, righteousness, and honor. May the glory, wisdom, and righteousness of Christ be revealed. His eyes were like a flame of fire, his feet like burnished bronze, refined in furnace. I want to go a little deeper here on this part of the passage. This reminds me of the brazen or bronze altar in the tabernacle, which was the place where the fire consumed the sin offering. It was placed up on stones or mount of earth, generally a bit higher up the tabernacle floor, and there would be a ramp that would lead up to it, that the priest and the repentant sinner would go up and then give their sacrifice into this flaming fire on the bronze altar. Ah, oh, and on top was a bronze gate and grates all around it. And once the fire was kindled in this altar, God ordered that it should never be allowed to die out. You can read about it in Leviticus 6.13. This altar and the implements in the courtyard were overlaid with common bronze. Bronze is an alloy of copper and tin, and it is often used as a symbol of God's righteousness and judgment in the Bible. As Christians, we believe that, like other parts of the tabernacle, and I encourage you to study it, it's so amazing, that the brazen altar pointed to the coming Messiah, Jesus Christ. God's plan for the salvation of humanity called for a spotless, sinless sacrifice. Jesus, Jesus became the altar. He became the altar where the sin of the world would be consumed. Only Jesus made that requirement to atone for the sins of the world. Christ willingly sacrificed himself on the altar of the cross. John the Baptist cried out, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus died as that sacrificial lamb just as thousands of years before other lambs and sheep would have been taken up onto that altar. And he appears in revelation with feet like burnished bronze and eyes like fire. The one in whom God's holy justice was satisfied. And we need only to call on his name now for Savior. Isn't that beautiful? Let it be revealed to you, Jesus is our salvation. These fiery eyes that burn with love they burn with love for all creation and all mankind. And I feel like this is beautiful. Let me read for you 2 Corinthians 5, 14 to 15. For it is Christ's love that fuels our passion and holds us tightly. Because we are convinced that he has given his life for all of us. For all of us. This means all died with him. So that those who believe should no longer live self-absorbed lives but lives that are poured out for him. The one who died for us and now lives again. That's in the Passion Translation. I think it's beautiful. 
which Christ walked. When we grasp this, it is a joy but to pour out our lives at his feet, before him with gratitude and adoration. And from that place we can't help but in turn be transformed to love those around us as he loved, and to love this world as he loves it. Oh, I just have to read as well some of the songs to you because hopefully you can see the beauty of the way this passage relates as well. 6, 7 to 8 says, Set me as a seal upon your heart, as a seal upon your arm. For love is as strong as death. Jealousy is fierce as the grave. Its flashes are flashes of fire. See that fire from his eyes? The very flame of the Lord, it says. Comparing God's love against this fire, burning thing that wants to consume us, wants to take away our sin, but also tightly hold us in his love. So what better thing could we do during this lockdown than take time to dwell on the revelation of this and his presence? May his love be revealed to us in great measures. John describes his voice like the roar of many waters, which is a description that is used as well to describe God in the book of Ezekiel in chapter 43. It said he was coming from the east with the sound of his coming was like the sound of many waters, and the earth shone with his glory. Have you ever stood by the ocean when the swell is just so huge and you can hear the roar of the waves? And you just feel literally humbled by it? John also depicts, lastly, this sharp, or almost lastly, this sharp, two-edged sword from his mouth. And this has to be read, I believe, alongside Hebrews 4.12, which says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the Surely, this sword that we see in Revelation is the living word of God coming from Jesus' mouth. It is precise and it is just in its judgment, and we trust Him in that. If there is one thing I've learned time and time again in my time of ministry, is that it is God is after our hearts. He is after our hearts. He wants to pierce our hearts with the truth of His word. And only he can speak a word that causes such a response and repentance that liberates and frees our hearts from sin, shame, and accusation. How much time are we spending, like Joey said, in this lockdown, in this word? Get into a church. It is so good. It is so good. And you'll find him there in the pages of this ancient 2,000-year-old book. Let it be revealed to you. Jesus is the word of God. 
TV series. 
Thank you.